Hello, welcome back to the All For One podcast. This is a bonus episode where we have a more in-depth conversation with our type one to watch for the month, who is a person doing amazing things for people living with type one diabetes. And this month on the show, we're discussing sport and type one diabetes. So if you want to get involved in the conversation, then it's really, really, really easy to do so. All you've got to do is send an email to contactallforone at gmail.com or you can get involved on Instagram. We are at all for one insta we're on twitter at all for one tweets or on facebook at all for one online thank you so much to everyone who's been getting involved over the past couple of months it's really really nice to see that people are actually listening to this podcast um it's you know it's not hard to make i enjoy making it but it's just great to see that something that we are putting out there as a collective here at All For One and it's getting uh, a great response. So thank you to everyone who's downloading, who's commenting, who's sharing the podcast. It really, really helps. And on that point, if you haven't done that yet, here's where I'm going to ask you. Please, 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 wherever you listen to this show, give us a review or share it with your friends. It really, really helps us spread the message and get more people listening to this show because I don't know about you, but this is helping me. I find it very, very therapeutic to sit and talk to people with type 1 diabetes who get where I'm coming from and understand my struggles and the annoying parts of our life that, you know, other people just don't understand. But anyway, this month, our type 1 to watch is Gavin Griffiths, who's known as the diathlete, who aims to get people with type 1 diabetes around the world to better understand their condition and see it as a competitor rather than the enemy. So, Gavin, why don't you explain that a little bit more for us? So, why do people see diabetes as an enemy and why is it better to see it as a competitor well nobody's gonna open up their arms in life and say welcome to my life diabetes or any medical condition and certainly when i was young when i was diagnosed as, a, as an eight-year-old boy i uh i rebelled in my own way i bottled up all this emotion didn't want to talk about it so it became this enemy and in seeing it in that way i didn't take responsibility for myself i Kind of my levels would go high. If mum asked me to do a blood sugar check, I would, you know, reluctantly do it and maybe lie about my level. If I was too high, I would say I'm 6.5, I'm fine. You know, everything's perfect. Uh, just because I think deep down I wanted diabetes to go away. I didn't accept this condition. And I think one of the biggest parts of diabetes, even as on the same par perhaps as all the science that goes into it, all the numbers, is actually the emotional acceptance of this condition. I think it's as emotional as it is uh, calculated to diabetes. So... I think you, you, you're quite, most people do see it as an enemy to begin with, whatever age you are, uh, particularly when you're younger, when you feel different. And so for me, I think it's the key part one is to break that down. And so that's where my work is today, is to try and help people break that barrier, get over that first hurdle of, of working with this condition. And that way you see that any achievement can be possible, that this condition, it's not the enemy. It's, as I say, it's a competitor. You can respect it to a, to a level work with it, that's how you respect it, and then you get your best results for you, uh, whatever that is in life. Well, that's really interesting because I was actually diagnosed at the age of 23, so I'd already been to university, I'd already been a young adult, I'd already started you know, making steps to achieve what I wanted to achieve, so then when I got the diagnosis, I was like, listen pal, you ain't stopping me. So I guess in a way, now that you've just said all of that, I, I guess that is the way that I see my condition. But I am sure that if you've lived with it for a lot longer than me, I'm sure that if you were diagnosed at like you, the age of eight or even younger in some cases, that it can be, 
that thing in your life that's been there forever that just seems to be stopping you or preventing you or making people underestimate you or doubt you and i can see that that could really cause a lot of friction between you and the diabetes on one hand when you're you're 23 and uh you know i think that that's that's a big change for some people they're gonna see it one way they're gonna think right i've just had my life one way that's all i know and suddenly i've changed some people are a bit more mature and they're ready to to just you know okay this is coming to my life but i'm ready to work with it so that might be the case for some, but I guess everybody takes diabetes in a, in a different way. And I think perhaps in those teenage years and a bit younger, or that's when you, you tend to rebel anyway. And I think diabetes, uh, you know, that's another thing that adds to re- the, the natural rebellion of life. Yeah, well, I, well, it's interesting you say that because I've actually got a friend, I'm not going to say his name, um, but he was diagnosed around the same time as me. We we're actually on a coach coming back from right. holiday and he was you know, going into DKA as we were on this coach. And it was very soon after we arrived back in England that he was rushed into hospital and given his diagnosis. So he has a very different experience with it to me. So I think naturally he's just a different personality type and he really struggles with the need that, how needy diabetes is, how you need to test, correct, check, count carbs, you know, all that sort of stuff. He almost doesn't want the responsibility. So I guess, yes, you're right. Even in, you know, a diagnosis in later life, it still can be a bit of an enemy to you. So what do you do as someone who's trying to change people's mindset about their conditions? How do you make that happen? Because I'm guessing you're unworking probably many years of, like you were saying, emotion, bad emotion towards their conditions. So what do you do to unpick all of that and make them see it in a different way? Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one because, uh, you know, as you mentioned there, everybody's different in their own way as well. And, uh, you know, one bad sentence in some ways could undo years of progress as well. So that's also the challenge. Um, I personally, I have workshops under Diafleet and I think it's more sociable. It's more uh, aging in, in, in a certain way uh, because you meet other people around you also living with this condition. I think that alone is a big uplifting uh, moment, which when I was young... I, I just rebelled. Well, actually, do you know what? That's that's why I started making this podcast because you you said that just being around people yeah. because I was isolated at the start for the first few years. Then I started going to some events. Diabetes UK invited me to a few. JDRF invited me a few to a few. And when I went along, that's when I sort of had this incredible sort of feeling of like hope and inspiration and I saw all these people just like smiling and like I wasn't the freak in the room (laughs) nobody was asking me questions about type 1 diabetes because everyone knew it already and you are right getting people just in the same space does have some amazing effect so that's what you do isn't it in in your workshops you get people together and then what happens we break down diabetes in a more fun practical way I believe that you know a lot of the time when it's a consultation in hospital, as important as they are, a lot of the time, especially young people, they don't want to be there. You know, it's a hospital. It re- represents subconsciously poor health in some ways. It represents bad things. Um, so breaking it down outside of the hospital walls sometimes is a long way to help it, not only meeting others, but we have games that are created um, and, and they've got a team around the world doing the same thing. And, and so we have practical games where you know, Team Insulin takes on the team mill, you know, they've got to break down the glucose ball, playing tag rugby, attack versus defense. So we have games like that, which is fun to play. And actually, I learned a bit about what carb counting actually is. Um, and we have we have moments where I, I represent people's diabetes. 
this is the warm-up session and I'm in the middle of a circle and I encourage people, I say, look, I'm your diabetes, I come into your life, here's a ball, you can throw it at me as hard as you like, sometimes I've had a few black eyes, <laughs> uh, you know, they let their diabetes out and uh, what I've noticed is that um, people kind of respond to that in a, in a positive way, even though it's a negative that they're letting out, they're responding it to a, a positive way because uh, they're, 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 they're opening up for the first time in their life about this condition and I think that's kind of what the workshops are about, letting out that negative emotion and beginning on a new mindset of, of positivity then you know moving from the negatives to the positives and meeting others is a big part of that 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 phase well i think what you've given them is their first opportunity to do anything like that to see it in a way that it's not like listen pal you've got this thing and you know those are the breaks you've got to deal with it now so I, if i could explain it in my own experience my parents who really just don't get the condition you know i don't live with them so it's not like they have uh, anything to do with my day-to-day -day running of my life anymore as much as they try to um they just you, you know they don't understand it so when they do see that my reading is 7.2 and my dad goes <sighs> like that is quite you know that's that's really annoying that's quite damaging yeah. when that happens so i guess this is the first time for some people that maybe they have even been in a in a space with people with type 1 diabetes and the first time that they're able to you know let out some emotions and say listen you know this isn't great you know this isn't the best thing that could have happened to me because because it's such you know a condition that relies on careful management and you know a lot of attention and it requires let's face it a little bit of brain power to you know get your head around and yeah. manage yeah. properly i guess this is the first time that they're able to just you know let out that steam and what what do you see when that happens do you see some kids really really just sort of letting loose going into the flow and you know do you see some incredible moments when you start to yeah. make that happen? Uh, it's always, it's the most rewarding thing uh, to see, you know, at the start of the session, I know the majority of children have been pushed there by their parents, even if they're, they're teenagers sometimes. Uh, they, they've been made to come along and they don't want to be there. And you can get a sense of that attitude, you know, just there. And I relate to that because I was the same. So I kind of open up by sharing, I would have not come if I was your age, you know, because that's, I didn't, I, any diabetes event, I would have said, look, I've got my own friends, mum, I don't want to, meet new diabetes friends or anything like that but then by the end of it you know they're they're playing the games they're doing the the activities themselves that i've i've, I've, I've you know done in a session and they're seeing diabetes in a different light in most cases and, and that's you know that's always a good thing because i know that now it doesn't matter about what level what the hba1c is or such now they've got the mentality to say right this is no longer such a burden in my life and i think that was the biggest stepping stone for me as well because for many years I saw it as this negative energy until I was probably mid-teens, having been diagnosed at the age of eight, even a bit older than that maybe. Um, so I think that that just that green light of realising, you know what, I've still got my life, I'm still me. Diabetes hasn't changed me, it's just opened up another part of me to grow into. I think realising that instead of seeing I hate diabetes, I hate diabetes, I want to end this diabetes in my life, um, I think is a big stepping stone for anybody. And... Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of words that come into your life. It's like a new vocabulary, even for the parents, mm. of course, more so. You know, work, learn, learning like basil, bolus. It's like Ant and Dick, you know, you don't know which one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all these different words that come in, there's a lot to adapt to with this condition. But, you know, what step by step, if you can simplify it, you know, by breaking it down, being more relatable, I think that goes a long way. Absolutely.
And like you were saying there, you've gone out there and you've you've done it. So you had that moment of epiphany and now that's what you carried on, you know, propagating from then until now. Because I, I believe in, like, be the change that you want to see in the world. And I think that's what you're doing right here, right now. So you are, you know, you've got this idea of understanding your condition and not seeing it as an enemy and you've sort of you know you've been an ambassador for that by doing all these challenges so you were saying you started doing challenges a long long time ago yeah what what was the first challenge i was 17 and i ran 29 miles around the kent coastline uh, as a fundraiser for my local hospital it was completely out of the blue because before then i was very rebellious about diabetes, but I had a moment. I was in a in a school trip. I was like a sixth form at school, and there was a year seven that I was kind of looking after a group in Gilwell Park. And um, this kid came up to me, and well, he didn't come up to me. He was actually having a hypo, and the, and the school came and got me to look after him. And he was saying how much he hated diabetes, and he was crying about it. And it kind of made me a bit emotional. And uh, I felt, you know, what something something can be done about this. And so I just decided. I'll, I'll take on a challenge and I ran that everyone when I first said it as you mentioned at the start of the podcast uh, everybody was scared I was going to run a marathon this kid with diabetes and there wasn't that much education about sports and diabetes back then at all I mean there's more about it now uh, maybe not as much as we'd like but there's more in- information about there online certainly now but back then it was a massive fear factor that I was about to run a marathon or over a marathon and uh, I absolutely smashed it I did it in three hours and one minute and okay. I was gutted by the minute wow. Uh, from, yeah, I had a talent of, of distance running, good endurance, good stamina. That was always my thing on the football field as well as a kid. I was just this freak runner that just didn't. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that played in my favour, and that's where Diafleet began, I guess. This this crazy guy, he's got diabetes, but he's running running like Forrest Gump, and uh, the challenges got bigger and bigger and bigger from there to the point of you know, John O'Groats Land's End or last year circulating the UK and other things overseas as well. Well, last last year I just have this image of you sort of burned into my head plodding along on a nondescript road it just looks like barren i mean barren in the most british rural sense you know green fields either side of you and you've got like a, a is it a flag wrapped around you you've got some sort of headband on it just pictures constantly every day every day on my social media feeds and i've yeah. got to say i was like oh boy i'm glad that i'm not doing that but you know you're doing it for a reason you've got a purpose and doing that actually has brought awareness of type 1 diabetes to a whole load of people because that challenge in particular really got picked up by the press didn't it did yeah yeah I was on the BBC breakfast of, of that was the main bit of press um, which you know they tell you oh, there's only about nine or so million viewers oh, so only nine that so. spike a bit <laughs> In that moment, had to have a Dexcom from the camera. That must have been uh, that must have been a great feeling. That must have felt like okay, we're making progress. This is what I set out to do. You know, it's not for the applause. It's for g- just getting out there, like putting people's faces in front of diabetes education, and seeing a person with diabetes not, you know, talking crap about their condition and not saying oh woe is me oh poor me oh it's really because uh, let's face it that's you know not to say that that's not a valid experience if that's how you're feeling that's okay 
But mm. what you were doing is showing that there is another way. There's another way to see your condition. And I think I'm a little bit lucky because I don't know whether it was the time in my life when I was diagnosed. It's never sort of beat me down. I can't think of many moments where I've been in that place. And, I, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Maybe it's coming soon. Who knows? But I'm sure that is a very difficult place to get out of. So when you do change people's feelings about their diabetes and you do see them now engaging in a bit of sport or even just seeing it in a more positive way because let's face it that is the magic just seeing something in a positive light can completely change the whole way that even your body reacts to something when you see that happen what do you see these people go on to do yeah i mean there's been many different achievements i've seen people taking on and uh, it's been a, quite a roller coaster of a journey. I think diabetes is itself, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you, you get off to a good start and that's great, but you always have to keep your guard up. Otherwise, you know, diabetes can uh, catch you out when you least expect at times as well. And that's quite a, an eye opener when a serious hypo happens or, or a hyper and a DKA happens unexpectedly. And, and, you know, these are things that can be life changing and actually can make all the positives go back to negative and you're back at square one. So that's the challenge of diabetes. Um, but yeah, I've certainly seen through through doing what I do and trying to encourage people, and not just here but around the world, different achievements. And, and uh, what I've realised is we're all the same, and and it's kind of opened my eyes to to us as human beings. You know, I've been out, you know, I've been fortunate. I've done a lot of projects that I've made happen over the years. Um, you know, even as far out as Fiji and 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 say parts of Africa, Ghana. I've got a great team that I support over there, and they're, they're doing fantastic things. And, and Uganda. And on one hand, you know, the health system is completely different all around the world. We're all very diverse. We're from different cultures and religions, you know. But when you put health into the perspective, you realize how valuable life is and what a miracle life is, I would say. You know, just just 2% of your pancreas. It's a tiny, silly-looking organ. Just two, the, the pancreas works. It's just 2% that doesn't produce the insulin uh, because of the immune system obviously destroying those cells. So when you, when you add that up, you think, how incredible is the human body? How incredible am I? you know, to be alive because all these things going on in the background. So in some ways, you can look at it one way and I look at it now today and think, wow, I'm, I'm actually part of a miracle here. My, 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 my life is, is sort of meaning the same as everybody else from here to Fiji. And uh, we all have that in common. So I've, I've kind of built up this experience of life that, that is, you know, diabetes has put life in perspective for me. You know, it's got its challenges and uh, it's not all good all the time. But for me, it's, it's, it's opened up a good part. Of, it's, it's opened up the best part of me. And, uh, you know, certainly from what we mentioned in the question with, with the BBC and things like that, getting pressed, that's all well and good. But, you know, this, this cause is not about an individual doing things. It's about what each of us can do together. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, my, I, one of my favorite quotes is from Mahatma Gandhi, uh, because he once said, uh, a sign of a good leader is not in how many followers you have, it's how many leaders you can create. And so doing my work around the world, I've seen people, everybody's capable of, of something fantastic. And... Uh, I've seen people come through over the years that are now doing some good advocacy work around the world, uh, setting up organizations, setting up teams, locally speaking, having regular meetups and things like that. And that's every bit as important, if not more important than, than the Sydney marathons that I put my body through. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel humbled to, to have met so many people. And, you know, the more people you could encourage, the better the world can be. 
Absolutely. And you do really see it in a world perspective because um, I, I think recently you've been, you know, you were in a jungle. I, yeah. I receive a newsletter from yourself where it details all the things that you've been doing around the world and, and your teams are doing around the world. Now, sadly, we are getting towards the end of the show, but I think you are quite an important person for me to introduce to the Awful One listeners um, because you have lots of you know, events and things that people can get involved in. So right now, just let let me know what, what you've got going on and how people can get involved with diathlete activities. Yeah, around the UK, there's been different workshops from Newcastle, Birmingham, London, uh, New Quay the other day. So uh, yeah, I keep up uh, regular events and uh, you can see them on the Diathlete website. I will update, update that. Follow my my kind of Instagram, the Diafleet. It's uh, different to Twitter and and Facebook, which is just simply Diafleet. And uh, I'll keep some events flowing on there. And when I update my website, when I get with this uh, tech pod stuff, I will uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep you updated on there as well. And all you got to do is send me a message privately, ask where I am next, and I'm sure I'll get back to you. Amazing. Well, Gavin, thank you so much for being our type one to watch this month. You know, I think I'm inspired to go for a run myself this afternoon. It's a sunny day, so why not? But thank you to you at home for listening along to the podcast. Don't forget to leave a review, share it with your friends. It really, really helps us all. If you know someone who would be a great candidate for our type one to watch for a future month, then please get in touch. You can send me an email to contact one at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Get in touch with your thoughts on our discussion topics. Or if you want to be part of the panel, you know, the door is open. I'd love to let you in. You can get in touch with us on Instagram. We are at all for one Insta. We are at all for one tweets on Twitter. And we are at all for one online on Facebook. But remember that four is the number, but the one isn't. So that's A double L, the number four, O N E then Insta, tweets, or online. But that is it for this bonus episode. If you haven't listened to the main show yet, then do go down your podcast feed and listen to that. It's a cracker. But thank you to Gavin, and thank you to you for listening. I'll see you all in the next show. Bye.